0: Welcome to the Pulse That Moves the Triangle World today. This one-size-fits-all broadcast is a vibrant collection of stories, medical breakthroughs, helpful tips, what's trending, events, and boundless other adventures. It's a conversation pit of comedians, politicians, authors, chefs, sports figures, experts, the common and the uncommon. Here's the host of Triangle 411, Mary Innsprecher.
1: Hi, friends. Today we are exploring happiness, and you may want to grab a pencil and paper for tips and a free book offer. Shout hallelujah, come on, get happy. Yeah, you don't want to hear me sing. There's nothing happy about that. But happiness, come on, we all ache for it. So much so, in fact, that in 2012, the first UN Conference on Happiness took place and the UN General Assembly adopted a resolution which decreed that the International Day of Happiness would be observed every year on March 20th. Socrates, one of the great ancient thinkers, said, the secret of happiness, you see, is not found in seeking more, but in developing the capacity to enjoy less. Some live by the words of great philosophers. Others might check in with the joke service Bino for laughs, like, how do you make a tissue dance? You put a little boogie in it. What do you call a computer that sings? Adele. I just saw some idiot on the treadmill put his water bottle in the Pringles holder. Cremations! My last hope for a smoking body. <laughs> Thanks, Bino. Funny, but there's a difference between true happiness and glorious quotes that propose difficult tasks like enjoying less and short-lived laughs. So what do you do to be happy? I picked up this report from Inspirations and Celebrations, which tapped into 25 experts for advice on how to be happy. Suggestions include making your happy bigger than your problems, getting away from negativity in all its forms, including the news, likewise looking for uplifting people, taking the focus off yourself and giving back to others. Celebrating your wins instead of dwelling on your losses. Learning to let go, be flexible, and realize that the things you're stressing about today probably won't matter that much tomorrow. Don't wait for big events. Make small moments magical. Richard London, a motivational speaker, author, and owner of A Handbook for Life Center in North Carolina, suggests being grateful, building a gratitude list, embracing progress over perfection, and much more. He is here to talk to us about how to get happy. Welcome, Richard.
2: Thank you, Mary. Thank you for having me.
1: So what is happiness and why do we sometimes have problems finding it?
2: Well, in my opinion, happiness is an attitude. It isn't having money, getting the right job, or having perfect health. A person can be happy if they're broke, lose their job, or have medical problems. Uh, Abraham Lincoln was foreclosed on by the sheriff. He lost eight elections and suffered a nervous breakdown, and he famously said that most people are about as happy as they make up their minds to be. Uh, One more thing, happiness isn't about having material things. I'm sure you've heard the philosophy that it's not what you have, but how much you enjoy what you have that makes you happy.
1: Okay, well, when we talk about trouble finding happiness, somehow Finland has the roadmap. Recently, the UN issued its annual World Happiness Report, ranking 156 countries around the world. The U.S. came in 19th, but Finland was named the happiest country in the world for the third year in a row. Some attribute it to enjoying their vast forest system and even the cold getting their motors running. They are also known for the joy of making cinnamon buns. Now, I can't make them, but I sure can eat them, so I should
2: be the happiest
1: person on the planet, Richard. Right. What do you say about that?
2: Well, in, in Finland, the appears that they've learned how to slow down and enjoy life. I'm actually surprised that the U.S. ranks so high uh, with the constant marketing we face on TV and print and the Internet, it seems like people are always trying to get us to focus on buying more stuff. And the endless barrage in our media to have, to have more stuff keeps our attention on buying and not enjoying. Uh, in answer to your question, I guess the reason why the U.S. came in so high, 19 is higher than the majority, is because that we have so much stuff compared to the other countries that uh, people get to use it and enjoy it degree, and that's why we ranked as high as we did.
1: Yes, humans sure have an obsession with happiness, declaration of independence, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So it's not surprising that besides the UN report, there are countless other surveys out there as to where the happiest place to live is. Wallet Hub reports that state-wise, Hawaii is number one and West Virginia is number 50. As far as the happiest place in North Carolina, Wallet Hub places Raleigh at 31, Durham at 46, and Charlotte at 49. Kerry did not even make this list. However, Credit Donkey puts Kerry as the number one happiest city in the North Carolina. And you know, it goes back to what you're saying. You know, what equates happiness? And you know, we're you know, if you if you check different surveys, you get different ratings. Including, I would think, where you're, like you were saying about the U.S. country-wise, but you know, it's easy to see how happiness even eludes data. So, why is happiness so elusive?
2: Well, from my experience, most people don't realize that happiness comes from within. Our society changes to think that happiness comes from outside things: good job, money, relationships. But life goes by too fast learning to appreciate the little things in your life, like even a, a warm bed at night, a good meal, or a walk in the woods. My suggestion is people should try slowing down enough to be able to just sit on their porch, taking a deep breath, and watch the sunset.
1: You know, how do we get to that point, though? It's, you know, it's, it's lovely words, but how does one actually get to that point? I mean, do you have to kind of almost be very um, in tune or cognizant or or what to actually go on your porch? Because I sit on my porch many, many nights, but I don't always focus on, hey, I'm happy right now. So what's that process like?
2: Well, happiness is an attitude. It's a mindset. It's blocking out the uh, negative influences in your life, the negative factors that we all are bombarded with. And it's just Understanding that we can just appreciate the moment. It's not all about striving and acquiring stuff.
1: Well, you seem to be an expert on it. You wrote two books, A Handbook for Life, A Practical Guide to Success and Happiness, and A Handbook for Happiness. What prompted you to write those books?
2: Mary, I, I had a series of challenges in my life. I had a life-changing automobile accident at age 19. At one point, I had financial problems from a failed business. I was diagnosed with prostate cancer in 2003, and as if all of that wasn't enough, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease two years later in 2005. And despite those challenges, I found that I seemed to be happier than the majority of people around me who had far fewer challenges in their lives. And bottom line is I wanted to identify what it was that uh, was making me happy and help share that with other people.
0: That
1: is a lot of, uh, wow, a lot to get through and to come out happy at the end of it, I think, speaks to our listeners about exactly what you said. It's all about attitude. What are some of the tips you share in a handbook for happiness? And this is where everybody might want to grab their pencil and paper that I mentioned earlier. Well, number one,
2: let start with it's, it's an attitude. It's a I'm sure you've heard the philosophy that you can you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you react to it. So, um, controlling your your attitude, your thoughts. Um, we all live on energy, negative and positive energy. Block out the negative wherever you can. Um, I do a uh, uh, talk about uh, laughter and adding laughter into your life. Um, there's always someone. Worse off than you, than someone better off than you, and you know, don't compare yourself to other people. Just be grateful for what you have. Um, no matter, you know, no matter what happens, we we always have something to be thankful for. And I talk about gratitude lists. And I'm sure you've heard about gratitude lists.
1: Yes, I have. I I think they're you know a fabulous idea. I, I think if you actually write something down you know, you're, you're, you're more observant of what's going on around you. And it's like, it's this list that you can keep looking at every day to see like, okay, well, I thought things were so bad yesterday, but look, here's, here's five things I wrote down that were great. And then again, like you're saying, put the focus on those five great things instead of maybe five not-so-great things that happened during the right. day. Hmm. So you do seminars too. What are some of the topics of your seminars?
2: Seminars... Um, are probably the thing I enjoy the most because I get, well, actually pre-COVID, get to get face-to-face with people and uh, feel the energy in the room. Um, one of the, the main topics, which was what came out of the first book, is setting goals and overcoming obstacles and helping people uh, do that and lay out a game plan for that. Um, laughter therapy, and I, I think you've heard the term laughter yoga, um, and I use laughter therapy just because sometimes people get hung up one you go and think it's an Eastern philosophy. But uh, basically laughing for no reason. Uh, people don't understand, you know, that uh, we, we as adults, if we're lucky, we'll laugh three to five times a day. Researchers have followed five- and six-year-olds, and they laughed hundreds of times a day. And we've, like, trained ourselves to be too serious. Um so laughing for no reason in, in a group, and once you start laughing and force yourself to start laughing, your your mind and your body thinks something's funny is going on, and you really feel the uh, relief, release of stress, the endorphins, uh, the immune system kicks in. It's really a good thing. And then, uh, two other topics generally are just dealing with health challenges and helping people through that and overcoming stress in general.
1: Well. Those sound very uh, interesting and worthwhile as well. Um, and I and I know you're going to give us how to reach you at the end. But first, lucky, lucky, I understand you have a giveaway for our listeners.
2: Absolutely, you know, I wrote the handbook for happiness to share with people, and what I wanted to do is make it available to your listeners. Uh, anyone that wants it, the ebook version of a handbook for happiness, and the way to get it: um, if you can go to my website, a and it's the same title as my first book, a handbook and you do need the letter a handbook and f o r life. com, and go to um, the, the store on there and select the uh, ebook handbook for happiness, and all they have to do is use the coupon code triangle. Your show, uh, and uh, at checkout, and they can download the uh, ebook for
1: free. I really appreciate that. That is so wonderful. Um, so it's, ter- it's so you go there. You're going to checkout. You go to coupon and you write triangle. Don't write triangle four one one, but triangle. Yeah, and, just triangle. Right, and then that'll get you the book for free. And um, you know, I mean. Grab it, go on the porch, <laughs> read it, and think yeah, about what we've go. talked about today. Right? Okay.
2: Hang on and read it again when you just get stressed out some other time.
1: And see, now I like that point because uh, a lot of people think like, okay, this is like a workshop. I'm going to do this one time, and I'm going to be happy for the rest of my life. But what you just said, yeah. I like because it's it's a it's a perpetual goal. It's, you know, something you have to work at. And once you master it, it'll become easier, but it can never just be one and done.
2: And if you think about it, you know, we get bombarded by new things, new stressors from all angles every day of our lives. We need to, you know, keep working on the healthy, happy side also.
1: Absolutely. So one more time, uh, how people can reach you and get that book, the website.
2: Website website a handbook for that's for life.com go to the uh, store select the ebook a handbook for happiness and when you're checking out use the coupon code triangle and they'll get they can download the ebook for free
1: thank you so much for doing that and being with us today uh Richard we really appreciate it I'm I'm gonna go well, download thank you. my free book. <laughs>
2: Anybody can reach me if they want to with uh, questions or for anything. Uh, my email address is rlondon, like the city, L-O-N-D-O-N, at a lifecom
1: Oh, I appreciate you sharing that, too, because, uh, okay, there's the port in the storm, everybody. <laughs> Get in touch with Richard. Thank you so much, Richard London. Thank you. Very So Richard London was in the Civil Air Patrol, a U.S. Air Force auxiliary. And also with us today is Joe Keller, a Navy vet. Hi, Joe.
0: Hey, how are you?
1: I'm great. And I'm, I'm happy you're here today. Tell us a little bit about your time in the Navy.
0: Yeah, so um, I worked in small boats. Um, I worked uh, on like a security patrol. Uh, we uh, spent some time overseas, and uh, my time in the Navy was really spent working with a team of guys uh, whose sole mission was to protect high-value assets that uh, that the government deemed important. And um, and they set us up on boats and made sure that uh, that those assets were protected. So uh, a lot of time, a lot of time out uh, out in the wavy waters. <laughs>
1: Well, and then after five years in the service, you eventually started a construction business, and based on that experience, have now created Average Joe's Consulting and Garner. I love your tagline: "Go from good enough to great." Sounds like something a soldier would say.
0: Yeah. Well, you, as, as I'm sure you know, we uh, we're just never satisfied, so there can always be improvement. So yes, continual improvement is uh, is always what we're striving for.
1: Now you offer many services, but first tell us about your one day workshops.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I'm really excited about the one day workshops because they really provide a targeted goal oriented, um, content for contractors, right? So they're going to be things that are very specific, um, things like building a sales pipeline or, uh, you know, even just building a sales team. A lot of contractors are, are kind of getting into bringing salespeople on. And so, um, yeah, they're, they're just very focused. They're, they're very specific. They're, they're very, um, very specific content towards one specific goal. And I'm actually really excited. We have a new one that's coming out that's focused on helping contractors to integrate storm damage restoration and how to make money, you know, especially where we are here in the Carolinas. That's a major, that's a major add-on that, that a lot of, a lot of contractors don't have a lot of background in. And so we're excited to be even uh, launching a new one that's going to cover a lot of that content.
1: That is a good idea. So here's another one I like: operations manager in a box. Tell us about that. Yeah,
0: so, so uh, you know, so the operations manager in a box is really our kind of premier offering, and 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 like so many of, of kind of our initial engagements, it starts with really a deep dive of of that operation, right? So we're going to be looking at uh, you know at the existing systems, at the existing processes. And, of course, we're going to put an action plan together. Now, what's a little bit different about the ops manager in a box and really the part that I get excited about when working with our clients, you know, a lot of folks, they will we'll put a good action plan together and, and there are things that we know are time-tested and they're effective and they work. But the reality is that either from a resource or a time perspective, some of our clients may not have the ability to execute these at the level that we know that they need to be executed. And so with the ops manager in a box package does is it actually lets us execute it for the contractor so you know of course we have the resources we have the established um, you know processes to be able to execute these we know what they're supposed to look like in an ideal state and so we will actually integrate with that contractor's operations and we'll take on things like the day-to-day follow-up and you know, the accountability, moving pieces and parts in their organization to maximize the efficiencies of these processes and of our action plan, um, while still tailor fit to their operations. So, you know, it's, it's really a turnkey operation, you know, where, where, or we're a turnkey package where someone can come in and work with us and we'll, we'll put the package or we'll put the, um, the action plan together and execute it for them. While still allowing them the freedom to be an entrepreneur and run their business.
1: Another feature of Average Joe's Consulting is their newsletter with tips on everything, including how to go from a $500,000 a year contracting business to a $5 million a year contracting business. Tell us about a couple other things your newsletters feature.
0: Yeah, so, you know, we're. Uh, we're always putting out new content that is really just designed to kind of induce thought, right? And trigger these new ideas. Um, you know, very, very similar to, uh, you know, a lot of our, our one day workshops, which are going to really work in concert with those, uh, with that content. They're just things, little snippets and, and perspectives that we're seeing in and around the construction industry that we're putting out on a weekly basis really to just help contractors in general to gain a different perspective so that they can you know, ultimately tweak and, and kind of finally adjust their own operations.
1: So how can folks reach you?
0: Uh, so the easiest way to get a hold of us is you can visit us at our website, which is TheAverageJoeCEO.com, or they can send us an email directly to info, I-N-F-O, at TheAverageJoeCEO.com.
1: One more time.
0: Info, I-N-F-O, at the average Joe,
1: Joe, at the end of every show, we always feature a nonprofit spotlight. Being how you were in the military, I thought we would highlight the Department of Veteran Affairs. The Department of Veterans Affairs runs programs benefiting veterans and members of their families. It offers educational opportunities and rehabilitation services, and provides compensation payments for disabilities or death-related to military service. It offers home loan guarantees, pensions, burials, and health care that includes the services of clinics, nursing homes, and medical centers. Joe, I, I know you have some experience with one of the VA's programs, the Fisher House.
0: Yeah, so, you know, this is something that's near and dear to me. Um, you know, my, my dad actually works for the Department of Veterans Affairs and, and the Fisher House, uh, up in Albany falls up underneath, um, under his, uh, you know, kind of guidance. And so I've actually volunteered at the Fisher House there. And, and the one thing that I love about it, and, and it's very relatable to, I think, a lot of folks who know um, the Ronald McDonald House where it creates this home away from homes for families of people that can obviously visit for the Ronald McDonald house for, for their children. However, the Fisher house is really that equivalent. You've got families that are coming in that, that where where a loved one or a relative might be at the VA hospital receiving care. The Fisher house offers them a place where they can go, you know, after spending that time in the hospital and they can, they can have a site uh, that they can stay close to their, their veteran uh, right there in the hospital. So it's just a really um it's just a really great experience to be able to give back to that because it's something that has a direct correlation to, you know, giving back to veterans.
1: You actually volunteered at the Fisher House in New York, is that right?
0: I did. Yeah, so you know, I I think probably like a lot of like a lot of places there's always that that opportunity for, you know, either working with the families that are staying there, even something simple, right? Like like cleaning or cooking or or you know, p- painting patio chairs, painting walls, or, or, you know, whatever. So they're always looking for those opportunities. And, and again, that's just kind of the way that, that, that I was able to give back. And so, um, that's, that's what we've always been able to do.
1: Well, thank you so much for that. And thank you for your service to our country. For more information on the Fisher House and all VA programs, visit va.gov. VA.gov. Well, it's time to high-five and say goodbye. We're everywhere, including Pandora now, and also Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, etc. You can always catch us on our website, too, at triangle411.buzzsprout.com. I'm Mary Innsbrucker for Triangle 411. Today, dot, 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 serve others.